Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. All of the action. All the latest news from the pits and paddock. Informed comment and analysis. There is only one authority on endurance racing. And one place to listen. RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody, a warm welcome from Italy and Mugello for the second round of the 24-hour International Endurance Series powered by Hankook. We're here for two days of action, a 12-hour race, four hours a little bit later on today and then uh, we have an interval overnight into an eight-hour race tomorrow. Add the two together, that gives us a 12-hour race, the second round of the 24 Hours International Endurance Series. It'll be myself, Johnny Palmer, and in a moment or two, Nick Damon and Graham Goodwin to take you through it on RadioLeMond.com. The Hankook 12 Hours on RadioLeMond.com. So a uh, rather cold start uh, here in Tuscany. We weren't quite expecting a a thin layer of ice on the Fiat 500 as Nick and I exited the hotel. Just a stone's throw from this fabulous circuit which undulates its way around a picturesque part of uh, Italy, just uh, not very far away from Florence, about a 40-minute drive or so from the airport. And we are greeted by... Some very friendly Creventic staff here for the second round, as I say, of the 24 Hours International Endurance Series, powered by Hankook, from, of course, the opening round in January, the 24 Hours of Dubai. So a little bit of a temperature change, although we're promised figures of something like 11 or 12 degrees maximum today. But Nick Damon down in pit lane, who we will introduce in a moment or two, will have to get possibly a couple of layers on because it is a chilly start to the day. Now, 90 minutes of free practice we have about to unfold. And then there is a brief pause in proceedings. We'll have some qualifying to take us up to the lunch break. And then this afternoon is all racing, four hours worth of racing, something like a 73-car field. And there is a variety of of sort of driver lineups because some cars choosing to go with the three driver lineups. However, there are a maximum of five, I think, in the entry per car. Uh, which therefore over 12 hours uh, will divvy up the five-car driver lineup to a, a rather small amount, I suppose. But the Class A6 cars, the GT3 machines of Stadler Motorsport, uh, Scuderia Praha, Car Collection Motorsport, Etal, these are the drivers who are more or less pros and offer us the uh, the best opportunity to see some really close racing. But we will try and give you an idea of what's going on up and down the order. One of the Mark Uh, Ford Focus cars from Australia just trundling by me now in the pit road. So cars working their way towards the end of the pit lane for the start of this session. I know it's one or two cars out on track and we are actually at 18 minutes past nine now local time here in Italy. So the session should have started and what we have is a a great version of the, a great view of the track here in front of us of the start and finish line, but also way over in the distance is the penultimate hairpin. There are three very sharp hairpins on this circuit. 
and the track doubles back right in front of us from a, a fairly great height actually and there's a, a good reflection of how this track undulates its way around this very scenic part of Tuscany the cars coming through a downhill hairpin and then briefly out of our sight behind the grandstand they go through a left right very fast chicane section and then into another hairpin which then brings them onto the start and finish line which is a long old drag back up to turn one Peugeot RCZ working its way by us right in front now and this might be an opportune time actually Graham Goodwin's still trying to work out uh, how his laptop works I think and get that plugged in so that we can get some live timing for you and uh, the other man part of this broadcast today and tomorrow is Nick Damon hopefully we can speak to Nick now what is uh, what's the temperature like first of all Nick <laughs> yeah I thought thought, thought as much it, it, yeah I mean this is a, an opportune example of why um, the internet and iPhone apps are a bad idea. Because you go and have a look at the, the, the predicted temperatures, and it was saying 16 and 17. It was, oh, well, fantastic. Well, I don't need that much uh, jumperage. So I uh, didn't bring any jumperage with me, including the lovely uh, supply Radio Le Mans fleeces. And it's about four in the pit lane. <laughs> and everyone is sitting there shivering and <laughs> have 73 layers on, and I've just luckily managed to get a hoodie. Oh, good. But it's, um, yeah, it is fresh, um, but everyone's, uh, it's made, the pit lane is really compact and condensed. It's a smaller pit lane than uh, Dubai, thank heaven, because it's just me. But there are 73 cars in it. It's two cars per half garage. So if you were looking at a full pit for perhaps a, uh, a big sports car race, there'd be four cars in that rather than one. Mm. Uh, a lot of activity. The number of cars have rolled out, as you say. I think, I think actually the light may have gone green about a minute late because uh, they were okay. running a, a, a test lap with the cars. A couple of interesting things just to point out because it's quite key. The refueling stations, because of course they do not refuel the pit lane, which is a good point because you have got to wear a fireproof, which would be really freezing without any uh, thermals, uh, is at pit entrance, Johnny. So we will have cars who will come into the pits and we'll kind of lose them for several minutes before they trundle up to whatever they want to do because the refueling uh, is actually at pit entrance so apparently we have the uh, the, the marvelous uh, nico and the team have uh, assured me that the uh, the microphone worked down there so we can uh, excellent c- can spy on how long the queue is for the fuel stop there's a limited number of uh, of uh, petrol tanks uh, petrol pumps and i will check out how many there are later that's a, that, that is a, it's a good point you make. It's an inversion to what we saw yeah. uh, at Dubai, though, isn't it? Because we saw cars stopping, driver changes, getting tyres changed, and then they'd trundle away up to the pit, to the uh, refuelling exactly. area. And often they wouldn't go, and that was a key... Because you, you, basically, we don't always know when someone's coming in. Um, so we, they may have stopped or may not have stopped, and we won't have noticed. Yeah, yeah. At Dubai, we knew, because we could watch them trundle out of their pit lane and either turn right into the fuel station or go straight on. So have to keep an eye on that and of course the other thing different from Dubai is that the position that uh, you and uh, John were in there was overlooking the pit so you could see a bit of it yourself whereas of course where you are now you can't see any of it I can uh, see a little bit of the pit lane but it's it's you know it's talk about a blinkered view so I've now been like hiking in the castles I've got the whole thing it's fantastic oh, you have. But, yeah, um, absolutely for, the, for those of us who are regular uh, listeners who are regular Creventic fans of course last year this we, we covered Zandvoort now Zandvoort was a, again a very condensed shorter pit lane and had 50 cars we've now got 73 cars but the one thing that's really noticeable is the um, improvement in quality uh, of the cars that turned up and i don't mean necessarily drivers but there's an awful lot more of the a6 class than the new 997 class that was so popular in dubai so the faster cars at the front there's a lot more of them and the 73 car entry i think is 18 or 19 more than zanvolt got last year 
they've got something right with this uh, Creventic lark, haven't they? Well, it's the kind of thing where, you, you know, when you you hang around and you have those little kind of, well, if I won some money, I'd do this and that and the other. And I always think if I got a small amount of a winnings, you know, yeah. buy two pounds a week of the lottery came in. You know, I, think, <laughs> I think I already realised I'm too old to start a motorsport career culminating in Le Mans, unlike John, who's attempting desperately to get a drive at Le Mans, but not in the main race. Um, I, yeah, I think this is the sort of thing I could do. Yeah, I could, I could buy, you know, this, this and the sort of the, the 360 Motor Club stuff is exactly where I want to be, you know, mm. kind of a one level above clubby, but an endurance sort of thing. Because what always puts me off against professional racing is the very small amount of track time you seem to get for a very large investment. Whereas it is the total opposite uh, yeah. here this weekend, and particularly in Dubai as well. You've got so much track action before the race even started. Mm. And I just like the way that the regulations are written as well, purely for kind of enthusiast racing, really. And it's based entirely on fairness as well. Make sure that, you know, whether you're driving a Clio towards the rear of the field or one of the A6 cars, you still matter and yes. uh, you know it, to a to an equal amount uh, i think they've got it spot on right and the fact that there are 73 cars ready to race here in mugello is no coincidence uh, we have our first slight uh, uh, error of the day and, and it's, it's one we've seen many times before today because the car number five the car collection uh, motorsport one machine the uh, mercedes sls amg now let me see i'm going to ask you a question yeah. it's come back in the pits with a common mercedes sls problem what do you think it is not to do with the gullwing door is it absolutely door uh, open <laughs> You, you would think that a major Stuttgart manufacturer would be able to get its door catches working right. There must be, there must be some sort of trick that it, they half latch. Um, and th this one that went was the uh, the passenger door, so it was no way the driver could lean out and, and close it again. But yes, yeah, so it came in uh, one arm up, one wing uh, akimbo. Mm. Oh, this is, oh, now there's some cars coming in for sort of test refuel. This is quite interesting actually, because what they're doing is they are effectively doing it in American style. Like the fuel is being delivered over the wall. Um, so they come in into what we call the running lane on the right-hand side of the pit uh, entrance. Yes. They park up by the side, and it looks like there's four slots, might be five slots there. And then they get the fuel, they are fueled with a, an ordinary petrol pump, but probably under slightly more pressure, over a wall. So uh, that's quite interesting. What I may well do, actually, is I'll probably take a picture of that and post it on Twitter later. Mm. So you can see it, because it's, uh, it's, not, it's not the way they did it at Zandvoort, where they had a little, at the end of the pit, they had a, a loop round where you, uh, where you kind of went out, went out pit, turned right before pit exit, went around a kind of a loop, which is obviously, in, I assume, a, 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 an auxiliary paddock normally, uh, and came back in again. Here they are sort of literally fueling over the wall. Um, so it's different again, but that's, that, that gives a chance actually, because it means I can actually have a shifty down who's, who's lounging about over the wall rather than going into a separate corral, it'd be very hard to see. So voice is Nick Damon down in the pit lane here at Mugello. It's RadioLamont.com. Thank you for joining us, the 24 hour series brought to you by Creventic and it's round two of the 24-hour series here for the 12 hours of Italy. We're looking forward to uh, four hours of racing a little later on today, which forms the first part of the race and then eight hours tomorrow. One of the very quick cars in the early stages of this free practice session is the Ruffia Racing Porsche 991 Cup car, car number 17, the French squad of Patrice Lafargue, Paul Lafargue and Gabriel uh, Abigel. Uh, all three Frenchmen, and they're in the six-cylinder 3.8 Cup car. So that's not the GT3 spec machine. It's from uh, class 997, funnily enough. There are uh, a whole load of 997 Cup cars, and that uh, really presented a great race for me, for us, in Dubai. The thing I like about this is that you've got a GT3 race at the front of the field. You've also got, uh, we had something like 18 uh, 997 Cup cars 
in the Middle East. But there are also various other classes that will keep us entertained for the full 12 hours, I'm sure. But uh, rather than uh, having support races, as it were, here in Mugello, you just combine them all in the same race. So you have a GT3 race at the front of the field, a 997 Cup class car, uh, race as well. Um, obviously, there's the tin tops provided, provided by uh, the Mark Australia cars. There's uh, a load of Janettas here, of course, as well. Um, the SP2 and SP3 car class uh, was very competitive, I remember, back in January. And the A3 Turbo class as well, something like six, five or six cars within that. Uh, difficult to split, I remember, in the Middle East. So something that will always take our eye, I'm sure, even if the battle at the front of the field uh, loses a little bit, bit of momentum, perhaps mid-race. So Nick Damon is down in the pit lane. Myself, Johnny Palmer, here in Mugello as well. The third voice that you will hear throughout Friday and Saturday is the editor of DailySportsCard.com, Graham Goodwin. Good morning to you, Graham. Now, you've been uh, trying to sort out some uh, internet connection so that we can... Because we're a little bit... Uh, Blind. Uh, well, yeah, you might say that. I mean, we've got a cracking view of the, of oh, the circuit. Oh, this, this place is amazing. Isn't it just? It's, it's I just mean, you've, you've come here not, not long ago... Paul Ricard, you were we drove down the south uh, from Fran Paul Ricard and the uh, the Blomper endurance test uh, last night. Arrived here at about half past eleven yesterday evening after a six-hour drive. So obviously, completely fresh and of course you are absolutely. Yes. Believe I mean, me, the, the one thing they've got right. <laughs> the one thing they've got right in this part of the world though is coffee. Coffee, and we need good a lot of that. Clearly, wine, to get good beer, yes. good yes. company, very good. Uh, very shabby chic. I do like it. It's it's like a lot of. I, I adore Italy. Um, the welcome here is, I think I heard you saying earlier, is, is absolutely fabulous. It is one of those tracks, though, that I suspect very few listeners have actually seen live. It is, yeah. of course, a very popular track for the computer gamers amongst us. Uh, but actually to see that translated into reality, is uh, it's a fabulous thing. But uh, isn't it great to see such a full grid? And it's a championship mm. that's, that I think I heard you saying a little earlier is clearly doing an awful lot right. And you can see that as soon as you arrive here. The welcome here is fabulous. Uh, there are Kravantic staff all over the paddock making sure that their competitors, their customers, are doing what they want to do, which is to, let's face it, have a good time, enjoy yeah. their racing. And that's what it's all about. That's a, It's a great thing. So um, I think I heard you taking us through some of the grid. Uh, something like a dozen A6 cars, the GT3 cars here, with one or two standouts, the Scuderia Praha car, including no less a talent than Pierre Caffa uh, on the staff this weekend. Not sure I heard you mention the Ram Racing car. I haven't mentioned the Ram Racing ah, car they're, yet. They're, no. in the, they're in the last pit box along. It is the car that's finished in a podium position in the first appearance for the British-based team. They're fabulous silver and maroon Mercedes SLS uh, AMG GT3 with a uh, three-man squad of Tom Onslow, Cole, uh, Adam Christodoulou and Paul White mm. this weekend. And, of course, announcing... A uh, little earlier this week that there's going to be a second Ram racing car, not in this series, but for the British GT Championship. Uh, so a second Mercedes coming back with Ram racing, continuing their recovery drive. And I would think that that car is amongst the favourites, if not the favourite for this race, Johnny. Wow. OK. Now, they were kind of getting the team were getting used to a Mercedes, I remember, at Dubai, because obviously their experience, most recent experience prior to that Ferraris. was with a Ferrari 458, yep. although... Adam Christodoulou, who's raced the Mercedes. Black Falcon. Many times. Absolutely. And it's success ex extremely well. well in the VLN, for instance. Paul White, well, he's getting to be experienced in all sorts of things. He's very much the gentleman driver, but increasingly quick, Paul. 
driven everything from well, the, the VW Golf we've got here with McNeil amongst the drivers uh, for KPM Motorsport. That's something that uh, we saw actually uh, Paul White amongst the crew winning the race of Remembrance, which of course John and I commented on for Radio Le Mans. Same car. At Anglesey. At Anglesey and has finished very well up in the top ten overall in the Gravontic series before now. Uh, because it's incredibly frugal, very light on its feet, and indeed very light on the on the juice as well. Yeah. But uh, so Paul uh, aboard the Mercedes, uh, he's got his own uh, Aston Martin GT3. In fact, I think is still the owner of the car that we've seen at uh, the Nurburgring 24 Hours, the Bilstein light livery car, okay. is a car that uh, that Paul owns. But there's you know a, a scattering of names up and down this grid that are certainly going to be ones to watch. That's one of the cars to watch. Um, what well, should we take them through the A6 entry? Uh, yeah. again, actually, in terms of the names, uh, the, the scores and doors, Stadler Motorsport, the number one car here. That is the winning car from the Dubai 24 Hours just two years ago. Mark Eichen, Rolf Eichen, and Adrian Amstutz are the drivers aboard the number one car. That, again, has to be right up there on anybody's list of potential race winners overall. Uh, Rolf Eichen, in particular, a very quick wheelman at the wheel of not just this Porsche, but any Porsche. Uh, the number three car is the Volkenhorst Motorsport, the number one, the, the first of the entries from that uh, team. That is a BMW Z4 GT3 for Henry Volkenhorst, uh, Christian Bohrath and uh, Felipe Fernandez Laser. Great name there, Laser Vision, uh, and it's exactly spelt that way. The number three car, Scuderia Praha, car that went very well again at Dubai. Pierre Kaffer, we mentioned, uh, is it actually Pierre Kaffer's name is not against that car. No, I thought he was in the Praha car, but Matteo Malicelli's name is against that that, uh, uh, that car. And, of course, that's a man who has been a Ferrari favourite driver in recent years. Was it that Ferrari that had the big shunt fairly early on in the week at Dubai? That turned. Yes, it was. Turned lost the entire front end, and yeah. that was in the hands of... Uh, was Jeremar Jurek, I think, and he's aboard the car again this weekend. Hopefully mm. a better weekend for Jeremar. And Yuri... Uh, uh, now what? Dear me, we've got a, a mistake on the entry list here. Oh. It's a three drive, two checks, one Italian aboard the number four car. Car Collection Motorsport is the first of the Mercedes Benz listed, number five car, and that is Heinz Schmessel, uh, Johannes Siegler, Peter Schmidt, and Vigo Dalmo in the number five car. Uh, an all German, well, three Germans, one Norwegian uh, in that lineup. Uh, Team Herbeth, uh, a second Porsche, the number seven car is Daniel Allemann. It is Herbert Handlos, uh, Roth Byrne and uh, Alfred Renauer uh, aboard the number seven car, a famous name in Porsche racing, Renauer. Hofer Racing, the number nine car, Swiss-entered Mercedes SLS MG GT3 for Michael Kroll, Chantal Kroll, uh, Ronald Egerman, Kenneth Heyer, uh, the very experienced and very quick wheelman there, and Christian Frankenhout, uh, the Dutch driver, completes the lineup for the number nine car. Hofer Racing have a pair of very uh, well-prepared, um, beautifully clean cars this morning as I came down that very cold pit lane. Pit lane. Uh, the second car with an identical driver lineup named in the programme. So uh, whether mm. or not that's going to be mix and match, uh, we'll keep an eye on that to make sure that both cars actually do compete. Uh, but that looks like uh, it's going to be big fun for that driver lineup uh, with 24 hours of racing between the five of them. Uh, V8 Racing, the number 19 car. Now that's listed here as a Mercedes, but traditionally that is a Corvette for V8 racing. Well, certainly so, a Corvette in the little picture that we are provided with. Uh, in the, but no Corvette in the pit lane that I've seen. Ah, but okay. uh, that is listed as Ricardo. It's a Mercedes. Brush. It's gold and uh, it's gold. It's oh, is that? Yeah. That I've seen that. That is a very good-looking car. Yeah, it, it has the look of something that hasn't. It's not been stickered up. It literally come in. It's given a respread. It's, it's only got the series stickers on it. But it Fantastic. is the uh, three Dutch guys 
uh, in the Viet. As you say, absolutely normally mm. something Corvetti often. Oh, absolutely. But uh, no, they've gone. They've gone with the, the trend. I'm not sure whether the, uh, the incoming new SLS means there's a few second-hand ones knocking about cheap. Who knows? That, the Corvette uh, didn't make it to the end of the Dubai race, though, did it? So whether they just decided... Oh, it did, did it? It did, but it was way, oh, way down. It... It was, I thought I saw the top ten, but it was the pole setting car two years though, ago. Didn't it? I, it did. I remember that our box was immediately opposite their garage, and You're during right. the race, it was in, out, in, it out, was. and shake it all about, so Absolutely. It was, it was the pole setting car, wasn't it, from the previous it year? It was, A yeah. previous Spa 24-hour overall winner, that car, an ex-GT1 car. Yeah. Um, so they've transferred, of course, to a Mercedes-Benz, but I would guess, and Nick will tell us different if he can spot it on the side, that it will be Ricardo Abresch, uh, Daniel Van Toff and Danny Verkman in that car. And he's not telling me different, therefore I presume I'm right. He's not telling us anything, so no. I, I wouldn't take that as, uh, as red. I was just actually looking at the fact that I'm actually back, I've wandered up to where their pit is and the car's out, but the, uh, the pit board still says Corvette Racing V8. So well, this is, a very, this is oh. obviously a very, very recent purchase yeah. uh, off Auto Trader. Uh, uh, and in fact, even their fuel stall also says Corvette by V8 Racing. So now, that car's never identity crisis. Nick, I've, I, I'm one of those guys who trolls Auto Trader regularly. And I have to tell you, I've never, ever, ever seen a gold Mercedes-Benz SLS AMG TT3 uh, on there. You need to go to the dark web version of Auto Trader. <laughs> the one, <laughs> the one, one which wives don't let you get to. You want, you want to see the Dubai version? It's quite an eye-opener. Uh, that's, uh, that's just the cars that are impounded. Absolutely. Leap Motorsport is listed here, but I've not seen a Lamborghini in pit lane unless you can no, tell me I different. Have, I haven't either. I'll go and check, though. OK, Car Collection Motorsports, another Mercedes-Benz for that team. Joseph Kluber, Maximilian Stein and Peter Schmidt aboard that car. Ram Racing, the number 30 car we've already talked about with Tom Onslow, Cole, Adam Christodoulou and Paul White. Uh, I apologise to listeners. Uh, a not on rare error on my part. Pierre Caffer not in the Scuderia Praha car, but actually in the Black Pearl Racing by Rinaldi, which does sound a little bit like Speak Like a Pirate Day, doesn't it, Black Pearl Racing? But uh, that is her. Steve Paro, uh, Parov, I think it is, Alexander Voltz and Pierre Caffer. That car will go well for sure. And then the completing the, the list of cars we have at the moment for A6 is yet another Mercedes-Benz. Uh, they do have a lot of them in this series, and with mm. good reason. And that is the GTR racing car for Luke Brahms, Max Brahms, and Duncan Hoisman. And that car ran well at Dubai until it hit it, did. it was running in the top three until it hit problems with, of uh, course, the, uh, the the husband and the son of our of our favourite lady driver, Lisette Brahms. There you go. Absolutely fantastic stuff. So that's A6. We'll go through some of the other classes as the action unfolds, I think, this morning, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, but what's the temperature doing there? It's very sunny out there, Nick. I know yeah. it's not, you're not getting much benefit in the shadow. Exactly. I, I kind of think that if you were actually in the sunny bit, it'd be quite pleasant. Yeah. Uh, in the shadow bit, it's it's not too bad. We're not, we're not talking Silverstone in April, let me tell you that now. But we are talking it could do with a couple of extra degrees. Feeling very spring-like, isn't it? It's fresh. Absolutely. And it's lucky <laughs> you've got some extra insulation around the bottom of your face now. Yeah, I, I have. I, I, it's not a streamline, though. I've, I've felt the, the drag effects I'm walking down the pit lane, so I'm losing hmm. some speed in, in my old age. It's, a, it's, a, it's an aero setup error. I think you're, you're going to have to find. I, I'm looking forward to the image of you saying <laughs> black power racing. Boy, we know The only thing, really, I have to say, Graham, is given the fact that both myself and John have embraced the beard, when are you joining us? Uh, well, I sort of do, and I don't. It's, I mean, I don't, don't you do just dabble, st- don't you? Well, it's, it's, kind of, it's not a style statement for me. I'm not one of these followers of fashion. I don't I'm just, think it's a style I'm statement just, for Nick, no, frankly. I'm just plain lazy. He's just, yeah, well, yeah, he's yeah. just fallen into it. Absolutely. And he's it's taken, tr- taking him over. the razors do the legs. Yeah, it's, it's, a night, kind of... it's a night when you fall into a beard. It's terrible. <laughs> well, I think poss- possibly with another week of testing at, uh, at Rickard in a couple of weeks' time, that you might well find that I'm uh, somewhat stubbly by the end of that. 
I, by the way, I can't see a Lamborghini anywhere. No, I think yeah. it's not here. But uh, you know what? Uh, it would be nice to have that glorious V10, but we're not going to miss it too much because there is one heck of a grid here. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it is that very kind of Nürburgring 24-hour race feel about it. Uh, my young colleague... Uh, Stephen Kilby down in the press room was saying it looks a bit VLN, doesn't it? And it does. And, of course, the VLN test day today at the Nürburgring. Is that right? Uh, okay. yeah, so there's an awful lot going on in motorsports over the next couple of weeks uh, with, with testing, with it's racing here. Woken up, the new it? season it's is great. here, isn't it's it? It's great. I'm loving it. I do, I do love the test season. Lots well, of gossip. Apparently there's a race in Australia, but let's not talk about that. Well. Is there? Yeah, the V8 supercars. <laughs> But there you go. Uh, hopefully, uh, for, for Nick's uh, purposes, we're going to start to see that uh, temperature climbing later in the day. It certainly is promising to be rather warmer than we've got at the moment. And we can see the sun is creeping towards you, Nick. Um, you might have an hour or two to wait, but uh, I, I think we should put a clock on. When is it the first time that, that Nick is going to be complaining, complaining about being dazzled? It's, it's when, do I, when do I unzip the hoodie? That's the big question. In, in the words of Adamant, unzip the hoodie and do a little... <laughs> He's looking at the moment like the world's most worrying teenager. <laughs> yes, I, I, any, any second now I might kind of uh, saunter into a Tesco and try and put some sweets in my pocket. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the nearest Tesco is quite some distance away. Oh, dear. This uh, main grandstand that we're sat in, Graham and I, though, is probably about, what, five or six storeys tall. Oh, yeah. And there's a grandstand opposite of sort of equal height. And the sun is right behind us at the moment. So the sun will have to really steer around. We'll, we'll reach midday or beyond before the sun bathes the whole oh, of the start finish line. I just some hope. Some I know. Hope down there. I'm painting pictures here, Graham. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> pictures and words. Pictures, pictures and words. words. But um, it's... Uh, I, I, you know what? It's always a delight to come to a new track, isn't it? And when, when actually the kind of prospect was Mugello, it does take something for me to get into a car and... and Drive six hours. Particularly after, you know, a full day. Are, are uh, you pleased you made the? I know you've only just I arrived. Really but I, I just wish we'd actually been uh, driving in daylight because the, the, yeah. the drive looked like it was stunning, but we could barely see it other than the yeah. kind of the the, uh, the sea around Genoa. It is, it is good to drive in daylight as long as you've got a car with more than nine horsepower. Are you talking about the uh, the Nick Damon special that you arrived in? Having to take a run at hills. Yeah, I think it was a, I think it was a Nick Damon special edition, don't you think? Yeah. I, I'm desperate to see you driving that car because <laughs> honestly, I, I just cannot get the the kind of the mental image of Noddy and Big Ears out of my uh, out of my mind. <laughs> well, as long as I'm Noddy, I don't want to be Big Ears. <laughs> Big Ears had the beard, didn't he? Think about it. But uh, glorious stuff. I've seen it. It is a beast. As the Ram Racing car comes yes. in below us, in that spectacular burgundy and great. silver it's livery. It's a really special livery that. Whereabouts in the pit lane are you, Nick? I'm right in the middle. Are you? So the uh, the 30 cars come rumbling by you. It has rumbled past. Uh, I also said uh, bumped into a couple of people at uh, driver's briefing. And, uh, you know what? I'm bored at being of tracks and bumping into quaifs. Uh, Phil quaif this morning, of course, and he'll be aboard one of those, say, at Lowndes, and bumped into Adrian Quaif-Hobbs yesterday at... Um, the Paul Rickard circuit, who's just signed for McLaren GT in the uh, the uh, Von Rhein Racing team for a full season of uh, Blancpain Endurance Series racing, and uh, his first GT uh, outing. So it will be interesting when they get to those family gatherings to talk about endurance racing, because Phil is by far the more experienced hand and ran away with that class. I think it's A3T that uh, Phil drives that uh, Seat Leon Supercopa. Uh, as the, as the pro driver aboard that car and was by far the quickest man in the car in the Dubai 24 hours. And great to see him back here. And, you know, there, there, there are a lot of familiar faces up and down that grid with teams being very smart about where they're drawing the talent from. 
fair number of VLN guys around. Kenneth Heyer, certainly a familiar face from that. Uh, and people from far beyond that. And we mentioned Pierre Caffer, Matteo Malicelli. Uh, you know, I think you're going to see some familiar faces down there a little later on, uh, Nick. I hope so. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy we've got a, a, a packed programme today. Of, uh, and, of course, we uh, think you remember, as of uh, qualify at 11 o'clock, you can also see us in vision on the live streaming on the Coventry website. So you'll have the uh, voice on... I think, I'm not even sure whether Tim's going to embed it on Radio Le Mans, actually. But, yeah, we have live stream from 11 o'clock for practice. And, then, of course... Uh, the whole of the race starting at uh, one o'clock for the uh, countdown to green, uh, which will be uh, for half an hour before the race. We go four hours, of course, this morning. And this, oh, sorry, this afternoon by then, before a little bit of a break. So uh, you can actually see me. I'm afraid you can't see the wonderful Graham or the wonderful Johnny unless we get some pit, pit, pit cam. So uh, it's just me you can see in cars. We can only be thankful for that. Uh, yeah, and I think let's be honest, everyone's going to uh, yeah, get, get, get rid of beard. Let's look at a car, please. Now, one thing I have to see is that one of the marvellously um, uh, unreliable, slow, suddenly strangely reliable GC cars just gone past me after four years of being rubbish at Dubai. They were really good last time. And uh, that's uh, well, we the Team what... Italia colours. So actually, they managed to sell one by the looks of it. Well, we only had one, didn't we? Uh, we had the, uh, there was this, this, but what looks to be to be a Scirocco. Uh, version of mm. the silhouette formula but then you're right the GC car certainly did seem to be it goes past well, us now the 150 car is the car that raced at Dubai the oh, there's BMW, two then there's two yep, then there's the BMW uh, shaped car that did run in fact up in the top 20 for, for, for much of the race didn't what, it and what they managed to do which they hadn't done before is not catch fire which yeah. apparently makes you go quicker apparently they, they checked in the book <laughs> and they, they hadn't read the page about not catching fire now they've but, done that and, it's, and it does seem in fairness to them after giving them a terrible time for the previous three years to be actually a really good uh, piece of kit and, and uh, I think that's shown by the fact we have a, definitely for the first time here a customer car and uh, and interestingly uh, in, in, you made the point very well there Graham taking on that concept of it is of course a space frame car which you then put a silhouette uh, body on and they've gone for a different look yeah, absolutely and uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the only people that were just seen that copper coloured uh, V8 racing car go by what a fabulous looking car that is it looks like a Duracell battery uh, it really does. It's uh, it's it's not got a copper coloured top. It's got a copper coloured everything else, and a black roof on that car. And uh, take a look a little later on at some of the uh, some of the media coverage of this race. But that is going to be, I'm sure, a magnet to many of the photographers around these. Uh, delighted, by the way, to see such a busy press room here. It's clear that this oh, series is beginning to actually attract the attention. It, it was fit to bursting earlier on. Oh, I, I hadn't realised that uh, the door that I went through during the drivers' briefing, I would be the centre of attention because I walked. Right you into always the are, Johnny. I, thank you very much, Graham. That's yeah. kind of you to say, but to have, well, all the drivers here yeah. this weekend staring at you, thinking, "What's this guy doing? Just walking into the middle of the I drivers' think find, I think that you'll find they were just jealous. That's what it is. Maybe, yeah. They Bit all, all want a very Johnny smart, Palmer. light yeah. blue Radio Le Mans shirt. Oh, absolutely, Johnny. We they, stare at you, wondering what the hell you do most of the time anyway. They, yeah, they're all thinking, Hindos lost weight, <laughs> lost and the weight. beard's gone, and he's, and he's moved 150 miles south. <laughs> Yeah, well, I made my apologies and sort of shirked <laughs> off to the, to the corner of the room <laughs> to think about my actions. <laughs> there we go, then. A couple so, of BMWs just trundling their way down uh, the pit lane and uh, various bits of body kit on the first one, and then the other one looks that far more road-going. That was the 72. Yeah, yeah so that's the M235i. This is BMW's cup. new club racer, which has proven to be a real smash hit, uh, VLN and here. Uh, it's got its own class, Cup 1. 
And uh, I think I, uh, I spotted one of the Mission Possible guys here. These are the disabled drivers, mm. hand control car, and a problem here for the number 67. We're, yeah, we're doing something. We're on the yellow. Oh, it's uh, that, that's right. flags out at the moment, boys. I'm not sure whether. No, they're doing a slow. They're doing a code, code 60. They're doing a code 60. Can uh, you see the mo flags? Because I can't. I see can't them. see a flag. Uh, yes, I can. I can see the flag, and cars going past me at the correct speed. My guess is this may be a practice. We do see this in early sessions very often. I remember they did exactly the same thing at Dubai. We should explain at this juncture exactly what a Code 60 is for anyone that uh, is new to the 24-hour series. Code 60 indicated by a purple flag, which, uh, you know, gets the gets the old colour scheme going as far as the flag signals are concerned. Purple's underutilised, I think. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a colour that's fallen off the motorsport palette for too long and it's making a comeback. Popular in this part of the world, though, because Nick and I were watching a game involving Fiorentina last night against Roma and Fiorentina's home kit is purple. Is that... Is that Rugby, football, yeah, cricket. Uh, football, it's I think. In Italy, They're local to here. Yeah, That's absolutely. why I mention it. Um, and rather than a safety car during the race, there is a well. Is there still an option to throw a safety car? If you necessary? can throw a safety car if you, if you uh, do so. And it's been something which I have to say, the 24-hour series is a world leader in. This is this is something where the WEC, which you'll of course hear again on Radio Le Mans this year. Um, that they have followed that lead with Eduardo Freitas yeah. doing the right thing and looking right across the world at what's best practice. And best practice is this. Yeah. It's slow zones. It's a full course yellow. Call it what you will. It's that you mandate a pretty low speed. It does look as if a car's running past you with a problem until you spot the flag. And they're running without taking any advantage at the same uh, gaps between the cars. I think we do have an incident because there is a medical car actually on circuit now. Okay. Uh, Alfa Romeo car going by us at the moment. Uh, but so th there's no safety car deployed in this format of a caution. Correct. But every car must go no quicker than or, or stick to a 60 kilometer per Correct. hour uh, limit. So you just have this bizarre sort of I don't know uh, interval in the race. It where goes quiet. Every, basically. Yeah, and, and every car is just sort of trundling by as if it's on a very very slow scale electric track. Effectively. Correct. And uh, if it works, which it Nine, nine times out of ten does every car stays at exactly the same point but you know between them uh, the, the the spaces between the cars don't change at all and they just trundle on by and that means of course that you keep your track position correct so if you you've got a 10 second lead once the code 60 is withdrawn you should still have that 10 second lead not only should you still have that but it also keeps the disruption to the race down to a minimum because you've not got having to go through the pit cycle picking up the leader wave bys etc etc yeah. and we've seen in other series 40 45 minutes it can be for a, for a kind of reasonably small uh, incidents but uh, the, the key to it as always with these things is observing the rules and what I do know is number one it's almost universally observed as I hear someone going through the gears and absolutely not observing it and likely being in trouble I certainly hit fifth gear there as he actually oh. left the pit lane uh, possibly didn't realize it was on the code purple so my guess is he's coming back for a long chat without coffee you'd have point. a job because you actually, as you go up the hill there's, there's a big two big flashing yellow lights the first thing you see in your left hand yeah. of your eye. you can't miss that even in a racing car uh, but the, the the key here is going to be observation of the rules and there's two reasons uh, two ways in which that happens one is because the guys here understand the value of it too is swinging penalties for anybody that doesn't yes and actually that's perfectly correct this is all about safety you know we can go on and on about safety but you know motorsport exists as it does by the grace of god and the will of the rule makers and indeed the legislators outside of motorsport and we need this kind of system to work i i very seldom seen code purple and Code 60 do anything been anything other than religiously observed by the 24-hour series competitors. And it looks to me, with the exception of what I think was a cup-class Porsche uh, making hay, 
uh, and making a mistake. And I think Nicky will probably be back with you pretty soon and be with you for some time. Hmm. Um, yeah, there'll, there'll be, as you say, a conversation will be had because it wasn't, wasn't exactly hidden what he was doing. I've actually just looked into the race director's office and he is removing the coffee and the biscuits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, that's, uh, that, I think... Um, but, yeah, it does work. And at the moment, as you can probably hear in the background, you can actually hear the wheel hammers, uh, wheel guns going away, but you can't hear the cars, and that's because they are trundling by us mm-hmm. at uh, 60 kilometres an hour, almost religiously. Now, the interesting thing is, there is one slight issue in that you think, oh, 60 kilometres is fine, I'll, I'll put it on the pit limiter. Unfortunately, the pit speed limit is 40 it's kilometres. 40, yeah. So and it's, it's 20 in the fueling area. Yeah. Well, so you have three different, uh, yeah. you know, um, speed limits, so therefore, obviously, your limiter can only apply to one of those. Given the fueling area is basically just pulling over the side of the, of the track, I don't think you can do 20 kilometres an hour at that point. You have to stop, otherwise they couldn't get the fuel in. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> now, just looking up and down the, uh, the, the the list here to see whether or not any of our old favourites are actually on. I haven't spotted uh, Jacob Christensen. Uh, yeah, yes, no, 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 he's here. Oh, good, I've just spotted him in the 115 car. Yeah, and Jakob, of course, is Tom Christensen's brother. The only, uh, the only the racing Clear. Christensen, you mean? Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the other guy, the other guy gave up. Got, got, got lazy. Did nothing, got lazy. gave up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't have much of a career, did he, really? Yeah, well, he was midget and test driver for a while, so, you know, hey-ho. There you go, absolutely. Did a bit of Formula 3000. I don't know, I lost track of him after that. Fabulous story about Tom and uh, his Formula 3000 career. And uh, that was that in between qualifying and practice sessions for his first Le Mans 24 hours, he uh, actually borrowed, at his cost, uh, Ranald Yurst's private plane to fly to the A1 ring to do an F3000 test, then flew back for the second session. Good, good if you've got the facilities to do that, isn't uh, it? He eh? paid. He Show, paid. Wow. <laughs> that shows commitment, Graham. And, you see, the other thing to remember, of course, the A1 ring is really, really close to the local airport. Now, a bit of interest about that, the local airport, which I think is called Spielberg Airport, held a Grand Prix. It did. Back um, in 1960, or I believe was won by Bob Bondurant, but that could be just... You made, might made, be right. I mean, I, I actually, been before they reopened the Red Bull Ring, um, I made an excuse on a, on a same family holiday. It's myself and uh, my good lady doing a quick tour of Austria before they reopened the track and uh, went down there. And, of course, it's now not only... Well, it's a military airfield, and it's yes. where the much of the Austrian Air Force is actually based. Beautiful setting. Mm. But you're right, airfield... Uh, track at Zeltweg before the Zeltweg, Zeltweg it, yeah. uh, track actually reopened or rather opened for the first time and has been open under what is this now it's fourth iteration Zeltweg, Ostrich Ring, A1 Ring and now Red Bull Ring in various formats but uh, and uh, we will be there later this year with the European Le Mans series of course again fabulous setting for motorsport as indeed is this lovely venue in Tuscany now, if you're wondering where you may have seen Mugello before on the telly, it is, of course, the home of the Italian Motorcycle Grand Prix. And uh, so sort of once a year, it is filled with uh, a plethora, hundreds of thousands of uh, Valentino Rossi fans, uh, and it becomes a sea of yellow. Uh, and it has been home to a number of... I think, I think Valentino won seven years in a row here. Wow. I mean, yeah, you can see it, it. It is sort of an actual amphitheatre at the various parts, isn't it? I can only guess, having not had the chance this morning to get around the track, I this is a fabulous place to watch motor racing. 62 car uh, passes underneath me, one of the Porsche Cup cars, with, uh, well, a multicoloured purple, box six. yellow green black livery that is uh, now what it is the number 62 car that is the Porsche Lorient racing car Jean-Francois Demorges, Alain Demorges, Benjamin Roy and uh, Maxime Pilat 
It's, it's, you know what, it's good to get back into it, isn't it, Johnny, with uh, just the, the, the clatter of a, an air gun beneath you. <laughs> uh, the clatter, yes, the, 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 the dulcet tones of, uh, of, of uh, one thing I fa fail to realise is actually, when you actually walk up to them and you haven't got any earplugs on, how loud they oh, are. Oh, they're loud, yeah, they're yeah. loud. That's why you always have to shout at uh, people in, in the uh, pit carriages, whether or not they're airing ear defenders or whether or not there's engines going by, because they've all gone deaf. It is. Sad. <laughs> That's really quite true. Uh, the Alfa Romeo is not a medical car. It's a little safety car, by the way. It's come underneath me. All oh, right. It does say it's medical psycho on the side. Ah, uh, uh, it's a different one. It's a different one. Ah, there's two double of them. Alpha. Yeah, I saw a, at least a couple of uh, sort of burgundy-coloured uh, Alphas. We are back because the engine revs rise. Let me give you a little bit more of effects very quickly just to give you an atmosphere, a, a taste of the atmosphere here in Tuscany. A whole load of cars pouring their way through the penultimate hairpin on the circuit. Uh, just seen the number 170 car. It's one of the uh, GT4 cars, an Aston Martin Vantage GT4. Ollie Hancock is one of the names aboard that car. Uh, Sam Hancock's younger brother. Also, Devon Medell. And Devon doing exactly the same trip that we did, although he flew from Ricard uh, last night here. Uh, we were going to be bringing his kit with us in the Daily Sports Car bus, but unfortunately, he was in the, uh, the Courier Cost car until the, the end of running. We, we, we left before. Uh, that's but Devon Modell with a very busy year indeed, but uh, bought that number 170 car. I've got a feeling that might be is that a Speedworks car, the 170 car? Speedworks are here. That's, that's so. it, it is indeed. It's a Speedworks uh, Aston Martin Vantage GT4, and I go. think that car was a podium finisher at the Dubai 24 as well, but with a different driver squad. Um. Cars well back up to speed now. I have to say that the, the programme produced by Creventic is uh, full of statistics. It's, it's great. It's, yeah. It is wonderful. I mean, the entry list, more or less bang up to date. There are one or two adjustments that obviously we'll run you through before the race gets underway. But there is uh, full points as well in the back of the programme. Black Falcon then, after their success in Dubai, leading on 30 points from Ram Racing on 27 and KPM Racing in third position on 24 points. That's as far as the Class A6 Pro division are concerned. Dragon Racing, top of the table for A6 Am. And Black Falcon had a, a great run in the 997 class. They did. In Dubai. They did, but First not here. They're not here, are they? They're not here for this race because it's a very test day. Yeah, but, all right, OK. No, so that will be their principal programme with those Split resources. So, well, that'll give an, an opportunity for somebody else to win, and that's perhaps why you suggested that Ram Racing are the favourites. I suspect, uh, unless we they hit trouble or something else, yeah. that Ram Racing might be well up there. Okay. And uh, Paul White's pace as the gentleman driver in that car, I thought, at the Dubai 24 Hours was a revelation. And uh, that, I think, is pretty ominous for the rest, of this, the, uh, the rest of this grid. We'll wait and see how things transpire. And, of course, with these GT3 cars, the great thing about them is, yes, you've got balanced performance, but they do perform differently on different sorts of track, and we don't know. This is a complete unknown here as to the relative strengths of a Ferrari against a Porsche, against a Mercedes-Benz, against a BMW. But we're going to find out. We probably won't, we probably won't find out in this session with no timing in the booth at the moment, but uh, when we get to qualifying... Oh, uh, we'd like, like a timing run now. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. I'm going to stick my head in and see I if can I can see where you are now. Screen. You're Vulcan Horse Motorsport, aren't you? So the fastest uh, is uh, OR Black Pearl Racing with Pierre Caffer. Uh, their fast A6 on a 149.4. This uh, is standard motorsport car one, a second, a 150.9. So they're one and a half seconds slower than Pierre Caffer in the first lap. Uh, third, it's the four, the Scuderia Praha, with Jimmy Pliziak at the moment. Then it's the number 20, which is the 997, the MRS GT race, the new 156. So 
Um, really, competitive titles probably only set by Pierre and uh, Santa Motorsport at the moment because it's a big, big drop down where they're at. So I'll just run down. It's then GDL Racing in five, Hoffa Racing Car nine is in six, Car Collection Motorsport Car five is in seven, GDL Racing two uh, with uh, Mr. Farmer, it's a pretty Nigel Farmer, I think, Car 67. It is, yeah. Uh, Ruffer Racing is in ninth, and they're in the 997 class as well, and 158.9. Uh, another 997 is in 10th, that's the Classica Motorsport. And then V8 Racing with uh, Christian Toff in car 19, as they are, they are in uh, 11th, 7th in A6. Just trying to find some other class deals. SP2, it's the Mark Cars, that's the car that's actually leading the championship, car 92. Fastest currently in uh, SP3 is the Vantage Racing 165. That's Stuart Hall. And fastest in A2, A3, T, sorry, it's the LMS Engineering Car 96. Fabulous stuff. Thanks very much indeed for that, Nick. I think you're going to find some of those times improving rapidly because the car's very much up to speed now and tearing bastards down this long start-finish straight. It's, you know, it really is a, a track that loops around us here. Uh, as did Johnny. It's uh, you know it is a pretty familiar uh, layout to the circuit. Yeah, uh, well it's it's a bike track in yeah. in, in its rawest form. But that I mean I think bike tracks can make spectacular car tracks as well, and it's certainly wide enough to generate Absolutely. great racing. And uh, you know no matter what class you're in this weekend, you're guaranteed to have a fabulous time because I mean this car. Not, sorry, this track not only twists left and right uh, an awful lot. I mean, only just over 50% of it is dead straight. Yeah. Uh, be, but 30% of the lap, you're turning right. I wouldn't be remotely surprised, should this event be the success it looks like it's going to be, to see other series taking a look at this circuit, because you, you, you come here, you see the facilities, you sort of wonder why we haven't been here before. Mm. Yep. Um, and I do wonder, don't they have truck racing here as well? I think they do. I think you're right, yes. I, I think there's quite an eclectic mix. The reason you think you said that, Johnny, about bike bike circuits and, and uh, car circuits and what, what are good at both. For example, Assen is not a very good car circuit. It's an absolute classic for motorcycles. And I would also, I would moot that Donington is brilliant for both, whereas Silverstone, I always think the bikes get lost at yep, Silverstone. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Um, but I think here, and it's an issue point you made, it is... A really, it's a wide track. I'm, I'm sure it's pretty much certain it's got. Uh, they don't do it. I think it's allowed to do Formula One testing. I believe they run the Ferrari end of year celebration here every yep, year. Correct. So it's got all that. It's a, it's a, it's VA1T um, authorized, and it's a wide. It's what, what the, the great thing about this track is. It's got gradient, and I think yep. that is what makes. Uh, I can't think of any good tracks that haven't got gradient. You know, he's always You've right, got me isn't thinking he? Here. He's always right. But I think you're probably right. I think we'll, uh, we're, we're not in position, apologies, listeners, to do very much interaction during this session, but we'll try and catch up with that later. But there's one for you to think about. Good tracks without gradients. Prove Nick Damon wrong. <laughs> for the love of God, prove Nick Damon wrong. Because, for example, I don't think Silverstone's a good track. I never have. The, but the odd thing is... The I'm drivers a, like it, though. They do. And the odd thing is, uh, Nick, that uh, whilst I'm not a massive fan, I seldom see a poor race there. Certainly in the sports car yeah, world, no, yeah, seldom see a bad race at Silverstone, although I'm not a massive fan of it. And we can see uh, on track at the moment, 
Uh, are we streaming this to the web at the moment? Uh, no, the, uh, the TV will start at 11 o'clock. Fine. Ah, OK, OK. No problem at all, so I won't be talking about pictures well, for we, a moment. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good that we have pictures, though, because yep. uh, although we have a, a spectacular view of the, of We're the countryside here, <laughs> uh, the, the, the actual bit of the track that we can see is relatively limited, so it's nice to actually see other, other corners, I suppose. I mean, this is a long, old start-finish line that... Uh, charges its way down to uh, Donato, which is the first right-hander, and it's, it's a full-on hairpin to kick yep. off the lap. And then a 90-degree left at Luco, followed by a 90-degree right at Poggio Secco, which is turn three. Then the charge down to Matarassi. But it's climb, climb, climb up to the hairpin, and then you start uh, a little bit of a descent, actually, down to Casanova and Savelli, which is turns six and seven. And then this steady old climb. I mean, the track rises from... Uh, what is it, 247 metres up to 272 metres uh, in the space of three corners through Arribetta 1 and 2 and then up to Scarparia, named after the town uh, that we're staying in just down the road from uh, the Mugello circuit itself. Bit of action in one of the garages for... That's the 162 car. Ginetta. It's a Ginetta, number 162 car. Oh, by the way, I've just had a text from Tim Gray. Have you? Saying what? Single word, obviously, because it's from Tim. Uh, and it said Thruxton. And I don't agree. I think Thruxton's a terrible track. It's just, let's go oh. really, really fast right hand, and then, hit, and then oh, let's go into a hairpin. I think it's the, more, I the think advantage it's, of Thruxton is that it is very ragged edge that you, you do see, uh, you know, with the touring cars in particular, mm. and we're going to fabulous you on our monitor of your beard. Um, ah, man. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, the rest of the world can't see it. Don't tease no, them. No, no, no. It's a, ladies in particular, you've got a treat coming later. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Form an oldly cue. But, uh, but what it does have, particularly for TV, is that you do see the cars absolutely on the ragged edge. The GT cars, uh, when we had the British GT uh, Championship there, and the touring cars really are tippy-toe around there, and I love to see that. But, yeah, I sort of get your, get your point. But um, it's, it, to me, it's a bit like saying that you know a, a mile and a half oval is a great track. That's all it is. A mile and a half oval. It just rather than having um, you know concrete wall at the side, it's got a, a big big runoff field, and uh, then you've got a hairpin. I think I personally. No, it's not a hairpin. There is a chicane. Chicane. Sorry. Yeah. That, brain, that, that was called brain fade. Alright. Um, which will happen many times. Uh, and it's, to me, it's just it's, you know you can't compare it to Alton and you can't compare it to Brand. I think, it, from a spectator point of view, it's difficult to tell how hard those cars are going around Thruxton, but when you get some of the onboards pursuing oh, a car yeah. and you see the car dancing at yeah. something like 140 miles an hour, you realise how much hard work you know, the drivers are having to put in. But we are detracting from you know, this, which is a, a wonderful circuit, whether you're a spectator or a driver. Um, I think... I mean, just this flavour of Italy that... I, I've never been to this country before. Have I you knew not? I was, no, I have know, you not? I, I know. What, what I've been doing for the last 33 years... I knew I would love it, and I do, straight away. I think it's, it's exactly your sort of place, this. Exactly. I'm not even going to explain that on air. We'll talk about that a bit later. But it, I've it, spoken to many locals that don't enjoy getting up much before 10.30, 11 o'clock. Well, Already, uh, well, I like it's, them. It's exactly the same as the north of England, then. There you go. Yeah. It's, I speak as a northerner before we get complaints, by the way. But uh, I think what you're going to find, Nick, when you start to speak to the drivers who've had uh, time to get out on the track, I think they're going to love it because it does look to me to be the kind of track, it's got rhythm. 
it's got some rhythm yeah. to it. And I Momen think it's a momentum circuit. It is, and I think it's just the kind of place these guys are going to enjoy learning. They're going to get something out of as a driving experience as well as a racing experience. And that's not always the case. And in particular, going to get something out of it because we've got 70 plus cars out there, and it's going to be very busy indeed. In particular, for the quicker cars when we get into racing later today and tomorrow. Did we sort out, by the way, how this race format works? Yes, four and eight. Yeah, but how do they restart the race? I did ask the question ah. this morning about how uh, the race distance is measured, and I said, did they add the times together from the four-hour section and the eight-hour session section? And the answer was yes. And I mentioned the word aggregate, and it seemed to get lots of uh, uh, that wasn't heads what happened. Nodding. That didn't happen at Sandville. Right. Um, they but you know when you get an answer to a question, and you're not entirely sure whether they fully understood they the question. What they did was make the restart a safety car so you didn't gain laps back if you were down a lap but if you were on the same lap you would just start immediately behind the previous person are you inside a garage at the moment nick uh, i am just by the side of a garage are we getting a bit of an echo from you just at the moment okay might be, oh, oh, so the, yeah so basically that might be something that we're hearing and not necessarily going taking, on air no, I, reckon, I bet you've got both the uh, receivers up and the camera tv cameras up on a delay no, but I just wonder whether we're being fed one of them or both of them ah, together, and, okay. and Graham and I can hear That's it, fine. but it's everyone else listening. It's great to hear you twice, Nick. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Does, I think yeah. everyone else listening will will be hearing you in uh, in single glorious uh, mono. Oh, glorious mono. I was going to say, say monotone mono there, and no, that's not no, no. that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Damon can be accused of very many things, but yeah. monotone most certainly, certainly is not, not one of them. No, I've been convicted of none of them so far. <laughs> so far. <laughs> now then. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Yep. Please do. He's actually, unlike some people in uh, in motoring broadcasting at the moment, not on a final morning. So he's OK. Oh. Now, there is a BMW I don't recognise from Volcan Dubai. Oscar. That is the Volcan Oscar. The Volcan Oscar, Oscar wasn't, wasn't in the Dubai. Middle East, was it? In fact, we didn't have a BMW Z4 at Dubai. Volcan Oscar is one that we are more used to seeing in the VLN and the Nürburgring 24 hours in various liveries. It's actually a very attractive... Uh, blue and silver car. And we, did, we did have one Z4 because Joe Osborne drove one, didn't he? No, nope, he, he was in a Geneta, wasn't he? Was there a Z4 no, was not a, in? Was there, a, there was, I think you're right, but it wasn't an SP6. That's right. It wasn't A6, sorry. It was right. It was a more. It was in. It was amateur. It was an amateur car. A3T. Wasn't yeah, it? No, wasn't, it was an A6 amateur. You car. You calling Joe Osborne an amateur? Joe, <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, complaints uh, addressed them to Johnny <laughs> at johnnyparma.com. I, I know Joe very well, and yeah. he was saying that it. it Which actually, is exactly why I'm asking it, the question. It was more <laughs> difficult. I'm not going to be taken away from my train of thought here. Yes, you are. It was more difficult to drive in the amateur class because of the delta time, which we will talk more yep. about during yep. during this race, than going hard at it, you know, lap after lap after lap, because you're having to keep your eye on the clock. So, controversial uh, view there from Johnny Palmer, saying that uh, amateur racing is too difficult for Joe Osborne. No, you spin it how you want. He, he just, was definitely he in a BMW. Uh, was definitely in a BMW Z4. Let me assure you of that. But there's only one of them, and I don't think. It, did it make the finish? I don't think it did. Anyway. I've just seen a Honda Accord go by. Ne what? A Honda Accord. Well, that that sounds like the sort of thing Matt Neal should be driving. It does Hon rather. A Honda actually working, going down the pit lane. Well, I mean, the, uh, the reason it got, one, one, I hadn't seen it on the list, um, and two, uh, it uh, brought to mind something that my colleague Stephen Erity actually told me, which is the Honda Accord is no longer on sale in the UK. Really? I believe so. Replaced by? Nothing. Honda, uh, interesting, we talked about this in, in, in Motorsport, which of course is available to download this week, in that Honda 
uh, have got some real issues with their road cars at the moment, and it's being it's compounding their, their their plans in motorsport. Obviously, they have some problems with their new uh, P2 car. They're having problems with their engines in F1, and they also are suffering quite badly in the really important thing, which is the commercial element of car sales, which what enables them to go racing. So it's a complete opposite of their bikes, where these going brilliantly. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a very good. 20-second analysis of that major Japanese corporation, and I'm not kidding. It really was a very good analysis of it. They've got a little lost, haven't they? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to go to, I've been holding off on the interviews obviously, to save them for the, the camera time. I'm going to look yeah. over Tony Hughes, because we're... Tony, can you throw a quick word? Um, who's obviously in the 169 genetic. Tony, we were... It's nice to meet a friendly UK face, but tell us what do you think of the Mugello circuit? I think it's one of the most amazing circuits I've ever driven on. In fact, it's probably my favourite circuit of all times. But then again, I've not raced at uh, Paul Ricard and I've not raced at Barcelona, so there you go. I take it, this is, you're so keen. Is this, this can't be your first few laps. You must have been here before? Uh, yeah, we came last year. Unfortunately, last year we had a drive shaft break on us, so, uh, so that put us out of contention by the time we got in and everything. But uh, we use it as a good sighting laps for this year. So, uh, yeah, we're all, we're all doing, you know, me and Ross, uh, we're, doing, we're doing pretty well with it, so that's good. Now we're up, we're up in, the, in the booth, the guys are pontificating on what makes this a great circuit. I'm saying it's, it's, it's because it uses gradients so well. Would you agree or is there something else that appeals to you? Well, I'm from Cheshire, you see. Leafy Cheshire, they call it, and I'm used to Alton Park, which I think is probably the best UK circuit. You know, that's got the gradients, ups and downs. This is very similar, but it's in Italy, and it's and it's just better all around. It's just, you know, it feels safer as well because there's massive runoffs and things. And now they put the extra tarmac on the uh, on some of the corners. That just that just makes it a bit safer as well. So I think it's a cracking circuit. And of course, being a MotoGP circuit, it's got some quite friendly curbs for cars, doesn't it? You can really use the, uh, the full extent of the track. You, you can really get to feel your car, to be honest. You can really get your car moving underneath you, and and you feel safe with it as well. And I think that's that's quite important. That you know, some some corners. I mean, like some circuits like uh, Zamvort. You know, there's a lot of corners there. You don't real you don't really feel quite well. You don't feel anything like as safe as you do here. Put it that way. <laughs> now, of course, we had this uh, uh, split race format again. It's uh, four hours and eight hours. How does that affect the way a, an endurance team approaches the race? In fact, you've got this hard stop at four hours. I don't think it makes too much difference. Uh, there's, it puts a little bit more uh, calculation into a little bit more, uh, you know, team, uh, you know, t t team sort of uh, principles in it. But uh, generally, it's uh, it's it's, it's no, no great problem. The good thing is, all three drivers get a drive in the first section, which is which is better than the, you know, each driver getting about an hour and a half, and you know, as it was before. Brilliant. Thanks, Tony. Very happy man. Beautifully explained, I thought, by yeah. Tony Hughes there, and uh, tragically, I'm afraid, underlining the, uh, the, 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 the fact that Nick, Nick Damon was right. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's the one time for this year I'm now retiring. Well, just ticking that off on the list here, uh, that's all we've got to do now is find an opportunity for John Hindoff to be wrong, and we've completed the set. No, 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 no he has to be wrong in his own mind, and that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I thought uh, a fantastic explanation, a great parallel there with another great circuit in Ulton Park. And good to hear another Cheshire voice. Tony Hughes of Speedworks Motorsport. Correct. And what number is their car? They've got two cars. Well, two cars. He was in the 165, 169. I, 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 I think I, it's 169 and 170. They've got a Ginetta they sound and like a yeah, uh, Aston Martin, haven't he they? He was out the Ginetta, absolutely. Okay, yep. cool. Yeah, interesting comparison to Alton Park. I actually think that 
if you squint hard enough, this this circuit has elements of, in terms of uh, the the way that the circuit goes, of Donington Park. Do you know what? I was just about to say that myself. Uh, it's the Grand Prix loop that sort of, mm. uh, you know, is the main focal point. Only because I can see a hairpin, which then leads to another hairpin to end the lap. And you've got this sort of Arabietta section one and two, which reminds me of uh, the climb from McLean's up to Coppice. So there are elements of. It's got it's got it's got a wistful you know look up here in the booth. Wistful look as he remembers. Maybe I'm sort of drifting off into you know. I, I would say though, I don't think I, we, 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 we get weather like this uh, at Donington no. in March. We get the cold. We just wouldn't get the, the, get the lovely the, blue the skies. Sunshine. And the, I actually did find a place on the pit wall to stand for a while, where I was sort of doing the lizard effect and kind of slowly imbibing some heat. But yep. uh, now I've got back to my job of walking up and down. Yeah, Nick Damon, uh, living life in pit lane like a ginger cat, uh, oh. looking looking for the first place where the sun. Sunshine hits the window. The DSC cat, absolutely. The DSC cat, and she is indeed ginger. <laughs> so I reckon if we started this session a minute late, we've got just under 32 minutes to go. So we've had nearly an hour of this, you know. Wow. There is a countdown clock actually saying 30.47, so I think they started it, the clock, at half past, a quarter past, sorry, whether they actually... Uh, uh, the cars are allowed out is a uh, moot. They are very keen on sticking to the actual stated timetable, even when the cars aren't running it in the okay. competitive event. It's very condensed, don't forget. They've only got a quarter of an hour break yeah. before qualifying That's starts. That's a fair point. I mean, looking at the shots, by the way, we're getting on the, the feed in the booth, which you'll be seeing a little later on the stream, I've no doubt. I think it's going to be quite entertaining. Uh, some real good quality uh, uh, TV pictures being fed here, including some in-car. I think, have we got the ADR 8 on the pit lane at the moment? Uh, Nick? We had the, the red, the red camel's car. I can't see him on the apron, but I am at the wrong end of the pit now. Yes, it is. It is the R8. I can just see now it's the green and white car. And there's an in-car camera there with a, an interesting angle, which shows uh, not only where the, not only the driver, but actually a full forward view. So when we do get the, the, the stream up, I think that's going to provide for entertaining viewing with, uh, as I say, the 70-plus cars out in circuit. Uh, Sunshine is rapidly getting across the pit lane now. Yeah, my, my blood's warming up now. I'll be able to move soon. Lizard-like. I've come out of my stupor and I'm going to uh, be uh, scuttering around. Yeah, that, he uh, offered his beauty sleep before we arrived last night. And uh, Nick Damon, and boy, does he need it. Oh! Uh, uh, Johnny Palmer uh, sitting in the hotel reception, checking up on his Instagram likes. Still none. <laughs> well, <laughs> I nearly, I nearly had one, and it was retracted in the eleventh hour. Not but, that you know, Johnny Palmer. I call <laughs> that progress, frankly. <laughs> don't, don't you think, though? Say at Leon Cup races, the new shaped ones, they, they don't half look the business. Blimey! You know, I put my hands up. I, I, I am, I, I'm afraid, a reformed touring car fan as was. I, I'm not a big fan Welcome of where to we the are. Fold, Graham. Yeah. You've taken your time, but no, you're no, in no, there. As in, I don't like them now. Oh right, Fine, okay. sorry, but I do like yeah, those well. Supercopers. Yes, I yes. do like them. They, they are fabulous-looking cars. In the same way that actually those Mark Ford Focuses are, I think, very good-looking cars. And we might have a word with Mark at some point. Uh, I'm going to off-mic tell you about a plan for one of those cars, which I think will turn some heads. Okay. We talked, I know, uh, during the Bathurst race, uh, John and I, around uh, what a potential uh, boost they could be to the endurance car market moving down through the years. And I am fully aware of a team that is planning to run one of those cars in a race which I believe Radio Le Mans will be covering later this year. And if they do that, that will be the first time that one of those cars has been in customer hands. Excellent. Well, the more momentum that that whole um, initiative gets, I think, the, the better, because, you know... It's a great way into endurance racing. 
It is, yeah. But, I mean, they look great. They sound wonderful. Yep. And they're uh, very, very strong, as we saw. And I'm sure we can speak to Ivo Broikers later, getting that huge hit yes. uh, under a safety car when someone didn't notice that uh, the, the, the race had gone to caution at Bathurst. Bathurst yeah. uh, that was the Mazda 3-bodied car, which, of course, they can be bodied as anything they like as long yeah. as they're brought in the same shape. Uh, but Just Evo before... The Brock skyline. Correct. It went backwards over that gravel trap and into the wall. And Evo walked away from uh, a shunt that, frankly, looked terrifying. Yeah. Uh, and that just goes to show the standard they are hammering those things. through that section. Oh I mean, yeah. You went to Bathurst for the first time this year. I did. I went five years ago now yeah. and, and have spectated from there and was just awestruck by the it's, speed of the, car, the cars it, go through there before they then break for the dipper I think, I think it's one of those tracks it's like here I don't think you're going to get a bad word about this circuit no. Nick when you talk to the guys here and it's exactly the same at Bathurst it is a great circuit there are not many great circuits this is definitely even for what little we've seen of it so far a great circuit great to be here yeah yeah absolutely now, a 997 Porsche just went underneath you with a puncture. I didn't see who it was, but he's coming right up to where you are. So if you look at your window now, you'll see a uh, white, green, and black uh, Porsche 997 It's a 53 puncture. car. So uh, that's the first casualty of any sort I've seen. Oh, no, sorry, it's not that one. It is the, uh, it's not, it's the 7 car. Yeah, so that's the first car. It's been a very clean session, actually. I've not seen any walking wounded come in so far. There's a couple of cars with bonnets up, but that's hard to tell with their problem or just because they're doing limited laps. Um, there's no feverish work, there's no one dropping a gearbox as far as I can see. So at the moment, uh, I'm sure everyone has their own little problems, it all seems to be reasonably calm here. Well, let's hope it stays that way. We'd like to see uh, plenty of cars. In fact, it's not a cup car, that's actually one of the A6 cars, the Herbert. It's the oh, okay. HP Racing Team Herbert car. It's a 997 GT3R. And uh, driver change being done while they deal with the, uh, the puncture. And it should be said, by the way, of course, new tyre partner for the 24-hour series this year with Hankook. And I don't think, I don't recall, in the 24 hours of Dubai, seeing a single puncture. Not one. Is that right? I don't remember a single one. And for 24 hours, that is well, quite you know, a statement I, for Hankook to you make. You know what? We've got 60-plus cars there. I think it was 80-plus cars, didn't oh, we, for we've Dubai? Oh, we've in the pit lane. Oh, dear. A very minor one, but... Uh, the Scuderia Praha car massively failed to get into its pit properly and clunked the 123 uh, Peugeot um, RCZ to the extent where he clipped off two-thirds of his end plate of his wing and has put a real kind of Sainsbury's car park scrape down the side of it as well. Mm. Now, what he needs to do is get out of his car, write a note, stick it under the windscreen. <laughs> but do you know what? He's not done that. He's sitting there, and I'm, quite frankly, I'm shocked. But that is a definite kind of... That's, that's not knock for knock. That was entirely his fault. Has he parked across the line as well? Uh, he has parked at a very bad... Well, he's got Ferraris. So he can park at a line. But it's a disabled space as well. <laughs> it was less... less well, no, the disabled space is dead. We have, we have got Mission Motorsport, and they're parked perfectly. Uh, that's Mission Possible. Possible, sorry, yes. No, no problem. And they are back with, again, the uh, uh, different able team, and they are parked brilliantly at the moment doing a driver change just down in the uh, down that way. But yeah. I'm afraid the Ferrari has done a Ferrari thing and just clipped another car which, and doesn't care. Which car was it? Which of the car was it? The red or the... It the was the four, the number four car. So that is the Scuderia Praha car. And the 123, which is back out on track now and just being yep. overtaken by the... Red Camel uh, R8. You can certainly tell that the 123 is run by Danes, because if we run by Italians, we've been, they've been arm-waving and uh, what the hell are you doing? And the Danes have just picked up the broken bits and gone, yeah. uh, never mind, carry on. There uh, is nothing happens. like a Dane. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. <laughs> 
Sorry, I shouldn't have come back to the show tunes. You're really going to give me a little... Oh, I had to hold back so much there. I'm sure that uh, Eve and John are listening and we're probably on three strikes already. Uh, uh, on these subjects, and I'm sure we're going to get to this throughout the weekend, only in Italy, I'm just looking across at the start-finish uh, gantry and I don't think I've ever seen a marshal in a quilted reflective jacket before. No. That's an only in Italy that is, move. That's stylish. Is it, is that is Versace. very cool. Is it Versace? Uh, but, but it is. Uh, would you like a timing rundown? S- slightly, oh, please. Slightly flared reflective trousers as well, yeah, absolutely. Oh, sounds lovely. So we are still uh, Car 66, the Black Matt Pearl Racing. Oh. <laughs> uh, with uh, these Christian Bolts. But still that 149.4 time we saw a while ago. There's still a, a second and a half faster than the car one, the Stadler Motorsport with uh, one of the Anichians in it at the moment. Tom Onso, Carl Ram Racing uh, third, they're in the pits at the moment with the 152.8. They're three and a half seconds slower than the 66. Uh, fourth is the HP Racing Team car seven, fifth is Hoffa Racing car nine, and sixth is the um, now needing to go to its insurance company, Scuderia Prague car four with a uh, it was Matteo Melucci who apparently parked into the 123. Uh, class leaders, 997 class leader is MRS GT Racing Car 20. Uh, we have leading A5. It is uh, the Duffer Motorsport 31 machine. Uh, SP2 is Mark Cars, so they are the current championship leaders. And A3T is the 96 of LMS Engineering. And the reason I'm saying a bit, unfortunately, there's a lack of focus on the, uh, the, the timing feed onto the... Uh, the pit wall, so I'm having to kind of squint to get to work out exactly what some of the letters are. Okay, uh, just, uh, just a very, very brief message for Tim back at base. Uh, Tim, we appear to have lost internet connection here, just so you're aware. So you're not really blind at all then? No, I was going to say, did we have it in the first place, Graham? We did, we did. We managed okay, to get that fine. on. I've just so noticed the message I sent an hour ago hasn't gone, but... Uh, it's uh, nearly 23 minutes past 10 here in Italy. It's the 12 hours of Italy, Mugello, and you're listening to RadioLeMond.com. Thank you for joining us. We're not into the race itself yet. This is merely free practice and a precursor to qualifying, which will happen something like 15 minutes after this session comes to a halt. Uh, certainly quick-fire sessions today. We then have a lunch break of about an hour, and then we're into the race. Uh, it's a 12-hour race in total, four hours being run this afternoon, and eight hours tomorrow morning, uh, bright and early from... Uh, is that a half past nine start tomorrow morning? Yes, it is. 9.30. That's, that's perfectly decent. That's perfectly civilised. Yeah, through till a 5.30 finish. Excellent. And then and we can start our run back towards Marseille, he said with a heavy heart. <laughs> so that's the voice of Graham Goodwin. It's Nick Damon down in the pit lane and myself, Jolly Palmer, taking you through the opening exchanges of this Mugello weekend and the Cravantic run 24-hour series as it is coined, although uh, we started the, the, the season with a 24-hour race, this being the 12-hour variety, brought to you, taught to us by uh, Hankook Tyres, and a fabulous, something like 73-car entry. Have you totaled up the drivers yet, Graham? Oh, it's ridiculous. It it's is, about 3,500. It? They're busting them in it as we like speak. felt like when I walked in on them all in the driver's briefing earlier on. And, uh, uh, I think an average of three per car. Yes. Gives you over 200, and my guess is it's closer to 250. As with very many of these races, there will be, I'm sure, a plethora of driver changes, and I'm sure, Nick, I'm absolutely certain you're going to bump into some faces that we weren't expected to be here uh, through the through the race, and uh, we're going to be asking you at some point to be reading names off the sides of cars to check the entry list. Mm. Cars will be going quicker than perhaps we expected them to with the announced driver lineups, and I'm, I've no doubt whatsoever there'll be the odd surprise face here. 
Oh yeah, the, 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 yeah. You can see people picking off names on the side of cars and sticking new ones on as, as I speak. You know, it, they they kind of come from the, whatever the last race was, and they're, they're they're three, four, or five drivers, and there'll be. Uh, there's one that's gone past. It's um, it's quite interesting because it's, it's been it's, it's it's obviously had the names put on at various different times. Um, Now, that's the end of Nick Damon for a moment, oh. and he may well be back in a second. Hello. Because Oh, yes, there Found you are. There. It was a very brief power cut because we lost our uh, visuals as well. We did. Uh, okay. Which are now firing back into life. But we can hear you again, Nick. Conti what, continue no, on. Uh, it looks like a, a film poster because the, the, all the names are in different sizes. So it's like the top guy is, is like, oh, he's, he's like... 60 point and the next guy's like 50 point and then by the time the fifth driver comes out he's like you know also also weird it's money related that's probably <laughs> what it is but uh, with it, well, yeah, one part of the, the package they have here for Granting it's a very much a plug and play series for guys who want to pop in and do the odd race rather than the guys that are doing full series and you know what what a great package they've got you turn up here there's a great welcome it's very simple. There's a lot of Gravantic staff to help these guys to actually understand uh, what's going on here. There's obviously the catering. It, it is, you know, if you've got the budget and the license and the contact to come racing here, it's a simple thing to do. And there's a lot of track time. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, I, good question. I haven't spotted anything <laughs> so far. I will bring you that later. <laughs> but no, you know, you don't find very many unhappy drivers in a Gravantic paddock. Well, not, not before the race, anyway. No, no. There's just a couple maybe afterwards, but but even generally there. I mean, uh, post Dubai 24, it's still a great atmosphere. And uh, you know, you know, Nick, you've done the podium ceremony at the Dubai 24 Hours. It's a pretty carnival atmosphere down there, isn't it? It is. It's good. Now the interesting thing is, this is this thing to look out for tomorrow afternoon. Is that uh, obviously Dubai, but also at Zandvoort they managed to rustle up some camels. We'll be able to rustle up some camels Ooh. in Italy. I uh, know it's going to be Lambrettas. I Are think. there any camels in Italy? Is the next question. I think you'd be hard pushed to find any round here, frankly, unless there's a zoo. That'd be very lucky, be, wouldn't they? Obviously, the, the, the ultimate result would be that all they could find was llamas, because that would be fantastic. That would be, you know, <laughs> that'll pack them in. Oh, oh dear. no. Far too early for something like that. That's a very svelte-looking Ferrari, the number that's, 66 car. That's a black pearl. <laughs> OK, that's the really quick one. Dear, oh, dear. Now, that, that is your challenge. When you speak to, <laughs> oh. I've no doubt, a very confused Pierre Caffer, you must use the voice of a pirate. Yeah, that's uh, that's a career-limiting one, but never mind. Carry on. Hang on, I can't limit my career anymore, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the black pearl Ferrari is that Pearl's. svelte. Is that... Um, that's why it's called the Black Pearl. Well, yeah. Because it, it, it's black it, and it's, pearlescent. Well, it's like the Invisible Man in the programme, because there, there ain't a picture at all. It's camouflaged. Unless, unless it's, there is a photograph there, it's and all we grey. just can't it's see it. It's all grey. That's what it is. <laughs> but no, it is a all-black, very shiny uh, Ferrari. Stealth-like. And, well, yeah, Pierre Caffer, Alexander Voltz and Steve Parrow. Now, it would be worth asking, if you, if you manage to catch up with uh, Pierre Caffer, uh, Nick, to ask him what experience he's got running. Now, bear in mind the Ferrari days thing. My guess is that Pierre has attended those days. He's very quick at anything, but in particular in a Ferrari. My guess would be that uh, Pierre is not a stranger to this circuit. I am absolutely certain. Uh, we, will, we will definitely catch him in the qualifying show. Excellent. Which is actually coming up with virtually no break after this show. <laughs> just stay where you are. Long it, enough, long just turn the camera on. Yeah, long and enough, away we go. Yeah, come up, get a battery, go again. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I'm, I'm the only person who can see timing, so I might have to do the whole commentary show from here. <laughs> well, we go? Well, you did say last night that it might turn into a one-man show. You are some pretty good restaurants in the village. You fancy some lunch? Oh, well, yeah, why not? Yeah.
Nick, we'll see you later. Fine, no worries. <laughs> you know, that's a dream come true, love. You know, an hour of me. <laughs> not, obviously, not for anyone else. Your dream, everyone else's <laughs> nightmare. <Yeah. laughs> Mrs. Damon at home now is thinking, oh, my yeah. God. Turn it they, down. They've just given him the whole show. The number, no, we haven't. The number we three have. car, which is the uh, Z4A6 machine. Vulcanhurst, uh, yep. Is... Um, it's not running anymore, and it, it doesn't seem to have a problem. It's almost like they're already limiting laps, so that would make me think that when they... There was a private test here yesterday, by the way. I think we should mention that. All right. Uh, which was pretty long. I think they had a total of five hours in which the track was open. So my guess is a number of people got there or thereabouts with their driver knowledge and also their setup during that period, and are now probably overnight would have changed some of the, the components to race components and may well be... Uh, you know, limiting laps and certainly number three there's no problem with it it's just you know we've got the bonnet off and cooling down and there's a, a man with a torch sort of doing the thing they do just looking but not doing anything so that's definitely easing back on its laps now so that protest may have been played into by a number of other teams for that purpose yep and uh yeah let's keep the miles down the car these uh the gt3 cars in particular not cheap cars to run rapid development from those cars john was saying that it was 25 dollars a mile sorry a kilometer really yeah that's a lot of dollars. That's, that's what they wow. charged him at Monte Blanco. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the insurance. They were just doing that to make that's sure it didn't do that's another That's the going lap. rate, mate. That's the going rate. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he paid it. OK, OK, OK. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> there was a they picture. obviously spotted him coming. If you, if you missed it on Facebook, you must catch up with the picture of... John Hindoff as he climbed aboard that GT3 Aston Martin yeah, Monte Blanco. But, but, yeah, but I have, forget, I have no he, doubt, he, no doubt, we'll be hearing about that for the rest of the season. I, I've beyond. already had dinner with him, so I've heard about it. Yeah. Um, but don't forget, of course, that he didn't really care whether he drove or not. It was fine. It didn't matter. No, don't worry about me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's, <laughs> as, as he stood next to him in his race suit with his helmet and the hands yeah, and his bag and, yeah. and, his, and his puppy dog look. Yeah. Quite. <laughs> you know, with a tear in his, on his uh, cheek. Yes, absolutely. So it's fine. I don't care. It's all right. The, John, uh, we <laughs> love you dearly. It wouldn't be the same oh. without you. But he has no right to reply this week. No, absolutely. Great. <laughs> at Specutainment, will be going stark crazy at the moment, absolutely. I'm sure. The Ram Racing car is also uh, resting up for the rest of this session now. It's okay. uh, bonnet up, cooling down. So they, again, uh, are not uh, running extra laps. They've got the setup they need for qualifying. Uh, which is only a 45-minute session, and, and, and I think it's an awful, it's an awful, you know, one for all, sorry, awful, you know, basically all-out uh, situation. I thought you were saying awful for a minute. You look a bit like a musketeer. You think so? Yeah, with that beard. Um, we've got... <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't see if we're like a saber down here, Maybe a, Maybe a musketeer down in his lug. But... <laughs> uh, just less than 14 minutes to go of this session, and then we're really into the the, the business part of the weekend, qualifying. You, yeah. know, you, you need to turn it on, won't you? It's, it's only a fairly, relatively short qualifying oh, session. It's not. Is not it 30 minutes? 45 minutes. 45 everyone, minutes. And I believe everyone's out to the end. So it's 73 cars all, now. All in. Blimey. Yeah. Now, how hard some of the guys in the middle are going to try and qualify is, is questionable because there's no points for it. Um, and my guess is that they'll just do what they have to do to get the car in the race and then worry about it less. Yeah. The A6 guys, probably you do, there is a, an advantage in, in getting to the front just to, for the fact you get a clean start and you, and you eliminate one potential area of, 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 of uh, contact. Now, the other question is that we need to get answered over lunch and I'm gonna, uh, that's, is, is what happens at four hours, because that's the key point for the, for the first half of the race. As in, you mean what happens in terms of uh, I, parking I, the cars yeah, up? I don't think they want to do an aggregate race. It gets really confusing. Okay. I, but I could yeah, be I wrong, and, and, I, and I do believe that 
wasn't that way in Zanfor. We'll need to get Gelly to confirm that one way or the other. I'll ask that question again because, as I say, I wasn't entirely convinced of the answer a little earlier on. Um, I can tell you, though, that... What was the bit of the regs that I was reading last night? Uh, it's, a, it's a half past five finish this afternoon, yep. which will bring four hours to an end. After the cooling down lap, all cars into Park Ferme, which at the time is on the, on the main straight in front of the grandstand. Cars which are in the pits are also on the Park Ferme rule and need to be moved to scrutineering box number 20. 30 minutes after the publication of the, resu the results, Park Ferme ends, and then they're into what they call an intervention break, which is overnight, effectively. Yep. Um, and then the cars, the restart the next day, the cars effectively gridded up. Now, the restart order for the eight-part eight-hour part of the race will be determined as follows. Uh, the cars will be grouped per class. Right. So, so the, the class A6 order is at the front. Yeah. Yep. The first group will be group one, the class A6 Pro cars, and then you'll have A6 AM, the 997s, the SP2s. So it's in the order they finished, but within classes, effectively. But the... Well, so in terms of how we determine the results, presumably if someone... I haven't got to that yet, in yeah. the, the regs, and that's the, the little cloudy area that so, I have So basically, we, we do know that we'll see them on track in the correct order. Yes. What we don't know is how they measure the gap. Yes. That's the bit, Because I, I, part, part of me was reading into it as if the four hours is merely, merely almost a qualification race yeah. to sort the grid for the eight-hour yeah. race. I think there's more to it than that, though. Yeah, it's the very most that anybody would make up, you would think, is the better part of a lap. Yeah, they certainly at Zandvoort yes. did not get lapped back. So if you were a lap back, you stayed a lap back. Yeah. But if you were half lap back, you ended up 10 yards back. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's exactly the point. Yes, that's exactly the point I was trying to make. I'll uh, make that a priority between uh, free practice and, and qualifying to try and uh, find that out. About 25 minutes, I think, till the web stream starts. OK. Yep. And uh, you can see some of this glorious circuit and the glorious sunshine that at the moment Nick isn't seeing. Uh, this is the sunshine on the pit wall. So it's OK. I, I, yeah, I'm you're not hopping. to go. I was just hearing you in London. You're not to go there. No. Now, the good thing is Black Pearl Racing Ferrari do have a, a galleon as their... Uh, a, a pirate galleon as their image. I'm just looking at the back oh. of the shirt. Uh, they're, oh, they're a blog pan team. They've got a blog pan and uh, sort of, uh, they're, they're wearing their uh, very nice little... Uh, jackets because they're a bit chilly but it is a a proper pirates of the caribbean look to, so them, to they're, the, what they're a chilean logo. team well who knows where they stash the loot could be anywhere <laughs> <laughs> but uh have we spotted matt neal in pit lane yet i haven't actually he's hard to miss as well he is very very tall indeed i spotted his car um but not him yet and uh, it would be good to speak to Matt at some point during uh, one of these sessions, find out about uh, his endurance racing past, previous winner of the Will Hire, 24 hours at Snetterton, I think back in 91, 92. One time, time uh, it is one time, single time driver in the British GT Championship, and of all things, a Porsche 911 GT1. Slightly different from <laughs> Just a bit. And of course, most recently in uh, endurance racing in V8 supercars. He, gets around. he does, doesn't he? I'm keen to see whether or not they've had to actually take the tin opener to the, the roof of the golf to get him in. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. I mean, this, the, 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 when you, we, we talk a lot about um, you know, single-seaters coming to various types of endurance racing, but of course that is one of the major limitations of a single-seater. You get over six foot one and you're Absolutely. pretty much no chance. Now, it's probably similar that LMP1 cars probably have the same 
sort of limitation, but not when you get to this level. Yeah, the the, the very basis, the customer carness of the um, GT3 machines is they'd have to accommodate the, the, the taller gentleman driver, anything up to 6667. Uh, indeed. In the piece of wheeler concept, he was 6'4", wasn't Absolutely, he? and indeed the rounder. Yes. <laughs> yes, make a point. Some some of the uh, uh, the drivers, and I have seen one here, do have a six foot circumference somewhere else, not height. Absolutely right. And uh, let's not cross reference to the Monte Blanco story again. No. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think that's you know, Matt Neal's obviously a very a fine racing driver, but he just couldn't have ever been a single seater racer. It was, no, it was not an option. It was open. It was, he permanently had his head rammed into the air intake, wouldn't he? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Thrown back in. Yeah, I, I'm not very comfortable. Why is that? Me head sucking itself into the engine. <laughs> <laughs> but since you looked at uh, uh, yeah, going back to Australia you look at someone like Will Stevens who's just picked up the drive um, with Manor or picked up the station with Manor um, and uh, you know he, he is tiny he's your real you know go-kart nine-year-old who's managed to grow a beard um, unlike me uh, and uh, but you look at the drivers here and it's, a, it's a, again it's, it's just a, such an egalitarian area you're not limited by anything no, really no so it's great I mean, it is you know it is a re- it's a very professional atmosphere but people are enjoying this and you know, it gives them the opportunity to mix with the likes of Pierre Caffer, Matteo Malicelli, Matt Neal for that matter, Tom Onslow Cole, and then Krista Dulu, and many others. And it gives them, it's what I was hearing a lot at the test at Ricard yesterday, is it gives us an opportunity to measure ourselves against people at different levels. Do you know what? That is such a good point, because it's interesting that, you know, you know my other uh, motorsport coverage is, is Scale Motorsport, where you control car Indeed. racing. And the guys love it when the, the world champions and the top racers turn up to the meeting, because whilst they're often in different heats, they're yep. on the same track with the same equipment, so you know, theoretically you can do the same lap times, but you can yep. work out where you are, and if you do well enough in that particular meeting, you will race against them on the same piece of, same piece of I say tarmac, but it could be dirt, of course. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and I think that is part of the appeal, because look, the, you know, the, the, the gentleman drivers here are no less serious about their racing, they may not have the ultimate talent, or indeed the ultimate time to devote to it, but, uh, you know, we've seen, haven't we, through the motorsport that we've all covered down through the years, watching these guys making progress. People like Mike Newton back in the day, mm. Simon Dolan and LMP2, and you know, a number of people in, in the, these kind of series. I mean, be good to hear from someone like Evo Breukers later. Uh, you know, and Evo always active uh, in, these, in these series and pushing hard and not got the ultimate speed of one of these full pro drivers. But what motivates him? You know, it's, it isn't just coming and having a bit of a party having some fun. He wants to go quickly, he wants to succeed. Where, where does he measure himself against? Because there's always that element here as well. And if you watch and listen to some of these drivers, uh, particularly the pro drivers who are looking after a, uh, you know, a, a, an AM driver, Stuart Hall would be a great uh, guy to talk to about this one a little later on, uh, Nick. Yep. It's, it's great to see that you, we're not only getting what's happening on track, but if you listen to the feedback those gentlemen drivers are giving, I'm privileged to be in the AF Corsa pit yesterday with Duncan Cameron and Matt, uh, and Matt Griffin, who've been a long-time racing partnership. And honestly, to listen to Duncan Cameron's feedback as he got out of the car, you'd do well to think that he wasn't a pro driver. It was stunning. And, you know, we've seen that with Duncan coming up and up and up in terms of his pace. Yeah, it's a good point you make there, because there is an element where... The best professional drivers, sometimes they aren't the guy who's got the ultimate two tenths. So the guys who can work well in a multi-talented environment can bring on the gentleman drivers, but more importantly, adapt their style so the car can be run in a more comfortable way Correct. and still be quick. Hence the Stuart Hall analogy. Yeah. And I would uh, I would counter with uh, likely Tom Onslow Cole. Is a, that's a skill set that he's been developing down through the years. Adam Christodoulou as well at uh, at Ram Racing, where the reality of uh, you know being a professional racing 
racing driver nowadays is that that is a good area to ply your trade. Yeah, you, need, you need to be a driver and a lecturer and a mentor and a friend. Yeah, uh, and calm. Yes. And you also have to realise that, you know, it's, you know, this is a, great me saying this, but it's not all about you. Uh, absolutely. And you know what? Whether or not you're there in a Pro-Am setup or a full Pro setup, you know, let's look at something like LMP1 at the moment, or indeed the, the full factory GTE teams. You've got a lot of guys coming in from single-seaters where it's all been about them, and it's a skill set you've got to develop very rapidly. Not everybody can do that, stand up Jack Villeneuve. Yes, there are there are more than that. I mean, there's a lot of guys, and it's interesting. It's it's you know, it's when you look at ultimate pace and go, hang on, Barry's faster than Steve, but Steve's got this, this role. Why is that? It's because Steve can drive that fast in a safer car, yep. and can drive and can also bring on everyone else and bring it back with the with the wheels all still attached and with the tyres in a serviceable order to, to get it out for another stint. Exactly so, and it's like that, but a, but a condensed version of that here, uh, because all of these guys want to succeed. They'd like to go back with a bigger cup than the bloke in the garage next door of course they would it is a competitive sport but actually you're competing against two or three things you're competing against the people in your class you're competing against uh, the, the the people who have a similar kind of background to you in your class and you're competing against the rest of the field and the clock and talking about the clock we've got about three minutes to go but a number of people are parking up so just so the uh, the black pearl racing car is still fast with that 149.4 set really really early in fact they've only done five laps wow uh, but Ooh. second now it is the Scuderia Paraha car which has run through its drivers and has now got within three tenths of the 149.77 they've done 28 laps uh, third the HP racing team car seven who are on a 150.5 and then 19 laps that's a second off the ultimate pace uh, I'm going to say it's Rolf Nietzsche in the Stadler Motorsport car one in fourth, and they are on a 150.9, one and a half seconds of pace. Then a massive jump of two seconds to Tom Onzo Cole and Ram Racing, who are three and a half seconds off, but they've only done 12 laps. So it's, people have been very circumspect with the laps today. I'm pretty sure they had a really good go yesterday yeah. in the uh, promoter test, and at that point they've gone, right, we just need to make sure everything's working fine with the race equipment. Uh, the group leaders I can see on this first page, the 26 and 997 leader is GDR Racing 3, uh, on a 155.5, the um, SP2 rate leader is still the Mark Cars Australia machine, 91 on a 158.6. A 159.3 is the leader in A5, which is Duff uh, Dulla Motorsport, the car 31. And the leader in A3T is uh, LMS Engineering and the 96 car. So am I right, Nick? Which country are we in? Italy. And what's the first car at the moment on the timing screens? Uh, the uh, Black Pearl Racing Ferrari. And what's the second car on the timing screens? Scuderia Ferrari. That's a bit strange, isn't it? They well, do go faster here, don't they? Well, obviously for legal reasons, unlike when the F1 cars used to go faster at Monza because they had a legal engine in them. Um, <laughs> allegedly. No, it wasn't alleged. It's true. Everyone knows that happened now. They, used to, they, genuinely, they, used to, they genuinely used to, to, to bolt in a slightly oversized engine for qualifying and then bolt it out again. Wow. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure, as you say, it's all legit I'm sure here this weekend. I'm sure Pierre Caffer's not been doing that. No, no, well, no, 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 that, no, no. That, that, We are talking mid-70s now. OK. But it, uh, it's no coincidence that the 458 very, very strong here but in the homeland. There you go. And I'm sure there's an awful lot of data of GT3 yeah. cars running and testing here that they can bolt into those cars. They'll have a great, have a great base yeah. setup, absolutely. They will. So, clock running down, Nick. We must be just seconds to go. We are. I think uh, we're down to 58 seconds on the uh, the big timing board. Most people are trolling in now, um, coming through. Some of them stopping at the fuel stops to, to get a bit of petrol. And we are uh, obviously going to uh, be off air in a few seconds and uh, then back on air in about 10 minutes. Uh, dangerously, we're going to be in vision, so that could be an issue. <laughs> 
time for just the quickest of cappuccinos. Yeah, I, I, yes, that, 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 and I, I need to come get some batteries. It's a very exciting day. <laughs> But uh, what do you think then, Nick, as it, um, it kind it's, of it's, counts down? Is, no, is this looking set fair to be an exciting day on track? I think I'm really, really impressed, actually. And, and I, I, you know, the, the Zanvor, to me, was... I love Zanvor, I love the event, but it was a very, very noticeable step down from Dubai. There were yep. only a couple of A6 cars, and it was, and the, car, the other cars that turned up were a bit more... This isn't meant to be insulting, a bit more brick car, if you know what I mean. Whereas today... There are 73 cars. Yes, we've lost a few of the, the Middle East entries who are uh, well-funded A6 cars, but the actual quality of the field is stunning. It Don't is you know absolutely why? absolutely stunning. Do you know why? Because it's a championship. Mm. And, uh, people are doing the full season. And, I, uh, you know, there's people here, you reckon, you're getting a lot of... A lot of yeah, most cars have a recognisable face in them, and perhaps, they, they, as you say, they've, they've got a different second driver or third driver, you know, uh, but the, the teams are very consistent, and I think that is a successful championship where you can get you know, 50 teams or 60 teams entering 73 cars. And it's just looking, it's very calm. There's, there's been no panic this morning at all. Everyone's kind of, I think everyone's been warming up literally in, in, in both both metaphorically racing and actually in temperature. Checkered flag is now out for the end of the free practice session. I think there's probably been no change from what I read out a second ago. There will be an immediate shortage of espresso uh, in the paddock. There is no change in those numbers. So Black Pearl Racing are our fastest with their Ferrari. Oh... <laughs> And so, yes, yeah, so, uh, that was, uh, that was uh, oddly, even though it's chilly, it was a very enjoyable hour and a half. Mm. That. It's, it's all flew by. Flew by. And I think, you know, the, the qualifying is going to be frenetic with 45 bits and 73 cars. Yeah. Uh, then we get an hour off. Uh, and then we have what I'm really looking forward to is these cars racing. So I think it's going to be spectacular. I really do. I think, I, think, I think it's very odd when all of us in agreement it doesn't happen much in Radio Le Mans we have all have different passions everything else but I believe we've all, we have all fallen in love with the Mugello circuit at exactly the same time well I think what we're going to see for that session is you welded to a timing screen down there because uh, uh, for 45 minutes there's going to be precious little pit action uh, and uh, whilst we will get I think sometimes up on the screen on the stream and there will be live timing I'm sure on the 24series.com website uh, with streaming for that uh, that qualifying session in just what is it 15 minutes time uh, it is actually starts at 11 14 minutes time 14 minutes time so tune in for that I'm going to come and visit you up in the booth because I need to do a couple of things so Johnny uh, see, see you in person just a few seconds guys okay thank you Nick for uh, all your hard work over the last hour and a half and uh, we will be relying on you an awful lot during the qualifying session as well because uh, one or two internet issues here in the booth for us uh, but uh, of course if you're listening to this at home or at work ooh what work sneaky listen to radiolamont.com we firmly encourage that then you'll be able to follow it uh, via the 24hourseries.com website because there is live timing uh, on there Graham. all week i've been trying to stop myself saying and typing weekend it's been my third consecutive day of track action today after two days at paul ricard yes and we're not in the weekend no it's no Friday's just about a weekend, almost. But you ask your boss whether that's the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> in certain parts of the world, a Friday is a weekend. I know in the Middle East that it's a Friday-Saturday weekend. It is indeed. Um, but it's Very a Friday. civilised, if you ask me. Yes, absolutely. Friday-Saturday race here. But then they make you go work on a Sunday. That doesn't What's sound that so about? Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so four hours of racing to look forward to a little bit later on today, and then the eight-hour um, sprint 
tomorrow from half past nine through till half past five. We'll have it all covered right here on RadioLamont.com. Back very shortly then, 11 o'clock local time. If you're back in the UK, that's uh, 10 o'clock. So we'll be on air at probably about five two, and then take you through 45 minutes worth of qualifying. It promises to be very, very busy here at Mugello for the 24 hours International Endurance Series. Round two, powered by Hankook here in Italy. For the moment, though, from Nick Damon down in the pit lane, from Graham Goodwin and myself, Johnny Palmer, it's goodbye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.